Hello, hello. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. We have another episode today. I am breaking down um, a new series. This is part four of my series on the fear of the Lord. And so if you want to, uh, you probably need to tap into some previous episodes. Go back here, whether you're on charismapodcastnetwork.com or the Charisma Plus app, or whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, um, whatever you're listening to right now, make sure to scroll a few episodes down. Uh, Part one, I defined godly fear. Um, When it came to part two and part three, I was talking a lot about eternal rewards and living with an eternal perspective and making the most of our time. We have a very short life to live, even compared to eternity, a hundred years is nothing. And we have this time to make a difference and to seize every opportunity and to grow and to love the Lord and to spread his gospel and to be who God has called us to be and our heart set to want to live for him and to not build our own kingdom, but to build the kingdom of heaven to lay down our own personal ambitions, and to, um, just like Jesus Christ say that my will is to do, um, my food is to, to do the will of God, um, and my uh, to finish the work that he's given me, excuse me, stumbled over that. What Jesus said was my will is to do, my food is to do the will of God, and to finish the work that he has given me. And so, anyway, that is my heart in this series. I truly believe that God is bringing more revelation on this subject. He is highlighting this in the body of Christ right now, in this time, and in this hour. And we need to see it rightly from the scriptures. And that's why I spent a lot of time in the scriptures in this series so that we could have a balanced view, a biblical viewpoint. Some people want to throw out the fear of God because it does not work well with their theology of grace and mercy, and other people um, emphasize uh, the fear of God to an unhealthy degree, an unbiblical degree, where they're just telling everybody they're going to hell unless they obey and do XYZ, which is also extremely unhealthy. And so we need a balanced biblical viewpoint. I spent a lot of time sharing scriptures in the fear of the Lord. And so this is part four. Um, and I'm just going to be breaking down uh, some pieces here from the book of Revelation, some scriptures from the book of Revelation. And this is something that I've thought about a lot and I've seen a lot of suffering. I've experienced pain and hardship in my life, um, not like many others. I know some people that have lived in pain and hardship, and I'm grateful to God that um, you know I've I have a great family and I've I've had a blessed life and I've had a lot of love and support. But I know that there are people out there that have not had that in their lives. And I've traveled the world over 12 countries preaching the gospel, very poor countries where kids are living on the streets, kids are giving themselves over um, in sex trafficking You know, in Cambodia, in the capital city of Phnom Penh, Scenicville, and all over Cambodia. In Thailand, I experienced a lot of that. Yeah, I saw people eating out of the dumpsters in India, children being spit at in India and living in a children's home, over 300 kids living in a children's home in India with two or three people above them and some ladies cooking them food every day and two pastors over all these kids. And they're all calling these two pastors, dad and mom, that have a mother, didn't have a father rejected by their family, pushed out of their communities. I was in communist Laos and we saw kids that were rejected by their mothers and fathers because they turned from Buddhism or from Islam and they turned to Jesus Christ and they were cast out and they were uh, education rejected. Uh, I mean, turned away. They, you know, they wanted to pursue education. They couldn't because they would not renounce Jesus Christ as Lord. Like I have seen these things. I've heard the stories um, and I... You know, living in America and, you know, having, you know, all of my needs met, I, it was, it was shocking for me and it was huge in terms of 
uh, developing compassion. And the Lord really sent me out to the mission field. And I did that for so many years. And missions is still in our hearts, me and my wife and my kiddos. We know we're going to um, minister to the nations in bigger degrees and ways. But we, we spent a lot of times, I met my wife in Mozambique, Africa, Selena, we met. And if you haven't heard our story, you can go back to some earlier episodes where I had Selena on and we shared our story and how we met. But we met in Mozambique among the poor. And there's just there's just suffering, and the Bible talks about it. The Bible talks about suffering and how you know we see the Apostle Paul, we see the we see the apostles in general, we see the disciples in general, and the apostles in general. You know, they've all they all died as martyrs, except for the Apostle John, but he was still uh, a prisoner, and he was cast off to the island of Patmos, and he was he was tortured, and um and so many of the apostles they were they were beaten, you know, they were stoned, and they were experienced intense hardship and all the while the praises of God were coming out of their lips and they were bubbling over with glory and they just loved the Lord and they kept sharing the gospel and the apostle Paul said I am in chains and I'm still preaching the gospel and my imprisonment and my faith and boldness is inspiring you all that are outside to preach even more boldly the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and so people that try to say um, now, once you get saved, all your problems are going to go away and you're going to have perpetual peace and you're going to have prosperity and blessing and no hardship will ever knock on your door. It's a fallacy. It is it is a heresy and it's not scriptural. Jesus said that we will have trial. We will have pain and hardship and trial and tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world. And the apostle John says later on in first John, how we now overcome the world. And then apostle Paul, he declares that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who died for us and gave himself his life for us. And so we have the spirit that conquered the world that defeated sin, death, the grave, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead indwells us. We can experience hardship and suffering and rise above and overcome. And we aren't to expect suffering. We aren't to ask for hardship. We aren't to think in our minds that if we are going through poverty or, you know, beating ourselves up and going through pain is like um, a badge on our, on our chest of, you know, spirituality. We're more spiritual because we fast or we're more spiritual because we live in poverty because we, you know, ex- uh, abstain from X, Y, Z, any kind of earthly pleasures. No, that is also a fallacy. We are not those who are chasing suffering to become more spiritual. We're not those who are trying to kill off our natural life and, you know, avoid all pleasure because, you know, that would be evil or sinful. No, we're not chasing those things and deeming those things more spiritual and then saying that having money or um, having some luxuries and enjoying life and having hobbies and all that is like evil or satanic. That is not the case either. God has anointed all of us, every single one of us. God has anointed our lives And we need to, like the Apostle Paul, he said, I've had much and I've had little and I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I've learned to be content in all things. So the Apostle Paul said, I've learned to be content in all things. I could have a lot or I could have a little, but I am content because Jesus Christ and his strength on the inside of me. And so, you know, one time the Lord whispered to me when I was going through something that was uncomfortable and I was going through, you know, an internal struggle. The Lord whispered to me and he said, every hardship that you go through with me and you cling to me and you do it unto me, um, you will uh, be rewarded. There will be, um, there will be 
reward when you stand before me, every yes that you say to me when you are tempted, whenever temptation comes and knocks on your door and you push away temptation and you say yes to me, every time someone hurts you and you forgive them, any time you surrender your ambitions and dreams to embrace my ambition for your life and my dream for your life, in that, in every single time, there there is natural benefit and reward, but also when you see me face to face, there will be joy unspeakable and full of glory. And there will be reward and I will recognize it and I will honor you before my father. And we need to, we need to see that and understand that. And that was huge when the Lord spoke that to my heart because, you know, it's almost feeling like God, like if you were, I tend to, you know, blessed are those who are not offended at me, Jesus said, but I tend to be like, thanks God, like great, like how come this is happening in my life? And that is not I'm I'm being vulnerable right now by telling you that that's not a good mindset. That is God has to break me. He over the years he has changed my mind and broken me um, of that mentality. And sometimes it still does rise up. And then I must say like no Lord, and I just come to that place of you are good, and every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. And there is no darkness in you whatsoever. And you love me, and I will overcome in this circumstance, and I will shine forth your goodness and your glory. And it's amazing because. Wouldn't it be great if we got saved and all of our pain went away and we were just glorified and nothing can touch us and, you know, but at the same time, I truly believe that there is a mission and the Lord desires that all would be saved, all would come to the knowledge of him. And so the Lord allows us to live in a world where there is still brokenness and there is still pain and there's demonic activity and lies and we're, we're, we are to live in this world and we are a trophy of his goodness and grace and uh, you know these things don't just happen to unbelievers but they happen to us as believers and as we cling to the Lord and we overcome we're able to still sympathize with those who are in the world and we're able to sympathize with the, with the ones that he loves and we're able to draw them into a true knowledge a pure knowledge of who he is I, I believe that this is the time that we are in. It is a time to bring the children of God home. It is a time to bring the prodigals home. And if we were just automatically to be glorified and lifted up in the heaven, once we get saved, then what good are we? He wants us here to herald the message. And if we're going through hardship, but do it with him, then we're able to share with others empathetically. And we're able to be, uh, we're able to sympathize with them like Jesus sympathized with, with us and say, no, God did it for me. He can do it for you too. And so this is the only time that we will ever have to um, experience temptation and experience tests of faith and experience pain and hardship. This is the only time um, in, in our lives that we'll be able to experience that and still say yes to Jesus because when we're with him in heaven, we'll be with him forever. But we get to worship him when everything comes against us. We get to worship him when everything in us says not to. We get to make that choice for him now like he made that choice for us to come down and to put on human skin and to live the life that he lived and die the death that he did so that we can be with him forever. And so anyways, that's uh that's a rabbit trail this morning, but I just not really a rabbit trail. It's a foundation here because I want to share a few scriptures from Revelation. You know, Jesus there are messages the seven churches in the book of Revelation and he always like the sandwich effect, you know? He always says you're doing this well, doing this well, and then he brings correction and then he ends it with a message to the church saying if you overcome, you will receive these rewards. And we're talking about the fear of the Lord. We talked a lot about eternal rewards. And so there are there is um, there is reward, there is blessing when we choose to go through suffering and to 
um, change the way we think and change the way we live to align with the Lord and his ways, there is a blessing if we overcome. And so I'm going to read to you the last few verses of each letter to the different churches here in the book of Revelation. And I want you to see that. I'm not going to break down what everything means, but I want to read this to you. Revelation 2 verse 7, the one who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. The one who overcomes, I will grant to eat from the tree of life, which is the, in the paradise of God. And so he brings encouragement, brings some correction. And then he says, if you overcome, you will eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. I just love Jesus because he's talking to his bride. He's talking to the church and he is encouraging them, pouring identity into them. Then he's bringing correction to areas where they're deceived and where they're living in fallacy and they're, and they're in sin. And then he comes in and says, but you have time to overcome. And if you do overcome, this will be what I will give you. He is a rewarder. And he rewards those who diligently seek him. That's what the scripture says. He is our reward and he is a rewarder. That's what I'm getting at here. And we must have our minds on those things. Revelation 2.11, Jesus said, the one who has ears, let him hear what the spirit says to the church is the one who overcome will overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. Revelation 2.17, again, the one who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who overcomes, here it is again, I will give some of the hidden manna and I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone, which no one knows except the one who receives it. I love that verse because there's such an intimate thing there, something that is only shared between me and God that no one else can know about. There's a new name. He grants us a new name written on a stone that only me and the Lord know. How intimate, how special. That is something that he promises to us. And let's go down to the one who overcomes and the one who keeps my deeds until the end. I will give him authority over the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron as vessels of the potter are shattered as I also have received authority from my father and I will give him the morning star, the one who has ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit says. We'll have authority over the nations. This, and just like how Jesus received authority from the father, we will receive authority from him. Revelations three, verse five and six to the one who overcomes will be clothed the same way in white garments. And I will not erase his name from the book of life. And I will confess his name before my father and before the angels. Him was an ear. Let him hear what the spirit says. Revelation 3, 12 and 13, to the one who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of God and he will not go away from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says. Revelation 3, 21 and 22. This is the last one. To the one who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat on my father his throne to the one who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. That is Jesus saying, my father allowed me to sit on his throne and you will sit on mine if you overcome. (laughs) Glorious promises here in the book of Revelation um, where the Lord just tells us, if you overcome, you will experience such beautiful, eternal blessing and reward. You won't just have my presence, which would be enough, but I will also endow you with glory and honor and you will receive rewards for every hardship you endured in the flesh, and you did it unto me, with me, through me. So beautiful. I'm going to read one more scripture. It's Hebrews eleven thirteen 13 through 16. 
All who died in faith, they were without receiving the promises, having been seen and welcomed from a distance, and having confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they've been thinking of the country which they had left, they would have had an opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. There is a city prepared for us, and God is not ashamed to call us. He's not ashamed to call us his children. He's not ashamed to be considered our God. There are many who have died in faith who um, were not craving any city on this earth, any riches in the world, but they were craving a different city, a country, um, a country, a better country, a heavenly country. And so this is the fear of the Lord. How can someone be a martyr um, and do it joyfully? How can someone endure hardship um, and confess the name of the Lord and do it joyfully? How can someone, you know, get a gun put to their head and be told to deny the name of Jesus and not deny the name of Jesus and, uh, and, and be murdered? How can that happen? How can they do that with a smile on their face? It is the spirit of God living on the inside of us. It is the fact that they live um, with Jesus on the throne of their heart above all else. They want to honor him, live for him, exude him more than anything else. They care more about eternity than they do about the life, their life here on this earth. They are possessed with the reality of the kingdom of God, the reality of Jesus, the reality of what he's done, the reality of his promises. They live with that burning on the inside of them, and we must as well. And so I'm going to pray to end this series on the fear of the Lord. I just thank you, Father, right now for just baptizing us in the fear of the Lord. I thank you for releasing this revelation to your bride and that we would catch it, that we would receive it. And I just thank you, Lord, that our hearts would be awakened, that our spirits would be strengthened with your might, Father, and that we would learn to live with eternity at the forefront of our hearts and minds and that we would be possessed with a vision to move forward with you and to live for you in everything that we do. We just love you, Lord, and we just thank you for this opportunity. We give you all the honor, all the glory, all the praise. You are beautiful. You are lovely in all of your ways, and we just thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you guys for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. If you've been blessed by the series, if you've been blessed by the interviews, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It would really be a blessing to me, and we would uh, love to get this out to more people so that they could be awakened and blessed by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So bless you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with the need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God 
where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, Life Poured Out intl.org lifeportoutintl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory <laughs>